Hi everyone, it's Amelia Powell here. In today's episode, I speak to Joe Cruz. Joe is an entrepreneur who runs startups in the education sector and is also a consultant for schools and educational startups. Joe is a public speaker and writes about the future of work and mental health. Joe talks about her journey as an entrepreneur, her experience with mental health challenges, her go-to tools for a healthy mindset, her inspiration and loads more. This is a heartwarming and fun podcast and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I did recording it. Thank you and enjoy. Hi Jo, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How is the UK life treating you? Um, it's a really strange time. I mean, we're obviously now a few weeks into our second lockdown and it definitely feels different this time. I think I've had a couple of chats with people over the last few weeks who've just said they really are feeling kind of lockdown fatigue at this stage. Um, mm. So it, it's a it's a weird time um, and obviously it's darker and colder and all those things. So it feels like a time when, yes, like our, our kind of timeframes all shifted. So normally I'd be kind of thinking about, you know, what's coming up in the next six months and, you know, um, but now it feels very much like we live in a much, I suppose, day-to-day kind of way, which is strange, but fundamentally safe and, and okay, which is important. That's good. That's kind of good in a way though, isn't it? Like that's one thing positive that's come out. It's kind of forced people to slow down a little bit. I've been really surprised at what um, like my husband and I have chosen to spend our time doing now that we um, you know, are, are in lockdown. And it, it's been really interesting to see the kinds of things that we've done when we had more time, more time at home. Um, so, you know, we've done all the usual things, like we've done a bit of DIY around the house. and um, But we've also spent a lot more time together. We've watched a lot less TV, which I thought was really weird. I would have expected the opposite, but we've like read a lot more. And I've just found that very, very interesting. You know, when you take away the busyness of our days, actually what you retreat to when you have more more time. So I find that really interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people have learned things about themselves. Yes. for sure and their partners I think yeah definitely and could you just uh, give everybody a bit of an introduction about you and what you do and your journey basically sure so um I am an entrepreneur um, and I work mainly in the education space Um, so I've run a couple of startups um that broadly work in um I suppose different aspects of secondary education the particular area I'm I'm passionate about is supporting students to kind of better navigate decisions about their their futures and I'm also a consultant so I consult to schools but also education organizations more broadly and other startups um, on issues to do with everything from kind of leadership to um uh, strategy etc and I also um, speak and write um, on topics related to the future work and also mental health which is another topic that I'm I'm kind of um, uh, passionate uh, about. I've had quite a weird journey in a lot of ways I mean I think you know often I remember as a kid thinking that careers were this like linear trajectory um, where you shot from school into uni and then into the world of work and and um, and I'm kind of stunned as an adult to learn that that is not how <laughs> things work at all. Um, so I've had this very circuitous journey in a lot of ways. I started my career in politics in South Africa, which is where I grew up. And 
I absolutely love that. And it was the most incredible, intense, um, kind of challenging um, world to work in straight out of university. Um, and then when I came back to the UK in 2012, I, I didn't want to be involved in party politics here. Um, I didn't feel the same kind of attachment to a cause necessarily, um, but I still wanted to do something which kind of connected me to my love and interest in politics. So I taught politics and economics at a really wonderful school in London. And that made me um, really interested in the education space. I come from a family, so my dad was an academic and my grandfather was a school principal. So I suppose you could always argue that it was kind of inevitable at some stage, maybe I'd find my way into education. Um, mm -hmm. But loved that and then went on to um, kind of move into the, into the startup world. Took a bit of a detour along the way. So and I, this may be something that we kind of get into a little bit later. But um, I took a year um, away, a year out um, in 2016, 2017 and traveled from Alaska to Argentina for nine months, interviewing social entrepreneurs across the Americas, which was one of the things in my life I suppose I'm proudest of and was a really amazing experience. I was very lucky to do it with Dom, who at the time was my boyfriend and is now my husband. Um, so it's been a long and winding and circuitous path is the, is the kind of short end to my very long story, I suppose. That's, that's a bit of background. Uh, you mentioned that um, you focus on mental health as well. How have you found um, like experiencing these uncertain times? Like, do you have any like go-to tools for negating through them? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was diagnosed when I was sixteen with a um, a mental health condition called obsessive compulsive disorder, um, and I have also um, had periods of very very severe anxiety and and depression. So, kind of it's something which in my normal day-to-day -day life I have to be very vigilant about and I found this year really challenging um I think you know when you're someone who's really anxious by nature I think I found being surrounded by a lot of incredibly anxiety inducing stuff um that has felt overwhelming at times so I've I've really had to kind of dig into my toolkit of things I've developed over the years I suppose and it's interesting you know I think I've found a kind of cocktail of things that works for me and I think it's very much a personal thing I think different things work for different people but I've really really found this year that I had to prioritize the basics so sleep for me is you know I know we all talk about sleep all the time but I am astonished at the difference it makes to my sense of kind of mental well-being if I don't sleep enough um so I've really had to prioritize sleep I've had to prioritize time outdoors I've had to prioritize exercise and by exercise like I'm certainly not talking about like intensive hit sessions I think sometimes <laughs> I just haven't had like the energy to do that but I do try and make sure that I do something every day so even if that's just walking my dog or you know, going and walking across town to see my mum if I can, you know, I think I found that incredibly important. Um, mm. And I think I've also um, had to be very, very mindful in a way that maybe I wasn't before about how much stuff I'm taking in every day. And I know this is something, Amelia, we've chatted about in the past is trying to be much more mindful of not sitting in front of terrifying news bulletins every night. Mm -hmm. I found yeah. that was just not helping 
things at all. Um, But it's interesting, you know, I, I really have found that it's something which I have to manage very actively every day and different things work at different times. So now, for example, that the UK is kind of getting darker, like being mm-hmm. outside every day has become even more important. So it's a case, I think, of trying to, you know, just calibrate things as you go along and you need different things at, at different times. Yeah. And you sometimes have to do it when you don't want to as well. I think that, that's the kicker. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. You're so right. And it's so easy, I think, to just say, you know, get a bit fed up with it and think, oh, you know, what does it matter? And, you know, I can just like let things slide for a bit, but you're so right. I think it is about trying in little ways every day to just like chip away at it for sure. Yeah. Particularly when you're an entrepreneur as well, it's so easy to just get stuck behind your computer or your phone and just like not leave the house anyway yeah the pandemic totally <laughs> totally and I always think it's like the irony of running your own business is like there's a lot of negatives that come with running your own show one of the positives is supposed to be like greater control and autonomy in terms of how you manage your time and yeah. and then I always think well it's so ironic on the days when I've literally just not left my desk for you know 12 hours or whatever um just thinking hang on like the whole reason you took a risk and you're doing this is because you wanted more autonomy over your time and yet you are working yourself like harder and being less flexible with your time than maybe you would be if you had a kind of more conventional role so yeah you're 100% right I think it is harder and also I think it would work alone a lot you you often don't have people around you who can say gosh like you were in the office really late last night like you know like ease off a bit or you know come for a drink after work or whatever you know you've got to be much more disciplined about doing that kind of stuff for yourself yeah that's so true that's one plus about having a dog as well yes (laughs) it is I'm so grateful I mean this poor dog has been walked to within an inch of her life since March (laughs) I think our poor little border terrier is like fitter than she's ever been because Dom and I have been like so keen on getting outside so yeah I couldn't agree with you more like sometimes it is helpful to have something else that forces you to get out and do it yeah it really does make a difference like yesterday I was not feeling it and I had to go for a dog walk and I was in a bit of a like mood <laughs> and then like within like five ten minutes I was absolutely fine and by the time I got back I was like buzzing and like work was really good so if I had stayed in, which I would have done if I didn't have a dog, um, I probably would have been in a bit of a mood like all day. Yeah. Um, so it does really help. You just have to force yourself and like trust in the process, I think. Totally. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think sometimes I try and I try and use a kind of um I suppose bargaining technique with myself. So often what I'll say is, look, like I know that you really don't want to do this. So all you need to do is do this for 10 minutes. And if you are really miserable, you can come back from your walk or you can stop this gym class or you can, you know, put down your pen or whatever and and have a cup of tea. And invariably, nine times out of 10, I'm fine once I'm into it. But it's the just getting yeah. started that's hard. Yeah, I think that's really good to do that. Because I think particularly as our entrepreneurs as well, we set like these big goals for ourselves. Yeah. And then so we might say, right, I'm going to go to the gym like five days a week or whatever. And then it like it's too big starting from zero to then going to five. So like for me, I do the same. I'm like, if you just do like a five minute walk, 
I set my goals low. Yes! Because, um, <laughs> I'm more likely to succeed then when it comes to something like that because I think five minutes of a, even just a slow walk is better than lying in bed for that time. Totally. And it's like so funny, but one of the biggest, biggest lessons I have learned over the last few years is the power of low expectations. And, <laughs> and seriously, like I don't mean that in a way that is you know, like I'm really ambitious. I'm really driven. I think it's important to set ambitious goals for yourselves. Um, but I often am guilty of setting goals that are so unattainable that I actually mm. found them disempowering. There's an amazing podcast I listened to with Cheryl Strayed, um, who wrote Wild and she spoke about the, exactly this, the power of setting um, really unambitious targets and and I have found that like really li- quite liberating mentally um, I found that yeah a, a really kind of helpful technique I think yeah I think it's a really good idea because it can just be totally overwhelming and then put you off as well yeah I think a lot of people say like set goals so big that they scare you but um yeah I, I guess that it's good to have like some big visions and stuff but I think being kind to yourself on like timeline and what you can actually achieve as well in in a healthy way because yes you could get something done like really quickly but what is the sacrifice totally and you know I think I try and approach work and life um from this principle of like compassionate discipline okay so I think structure is important and I think you need to be able to, particularly as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to push yourself when you don't want to do something. But at the same time, it's it's not valuable to you or anyone else if you do that in a way that is destructive. And it has there has to be some compassion in there for yourself. So I try and strike that balance, often very unsuccessfully, I might add. Let's have some structure but also try and just be kind of kind to yourself as well. Yeah, personal compassion is so important. I think like it's totally overlooked a lot of the time as well. Um, I think because people are setting all these big goals for themselves, they'll just sort of berate themselves and say, oh, I didn't get this done. Mm. But I try to focus on like the really small things that I've done that I am marking as a success. And I think I said before, like sometimes it is just like getting out of bed and brushing my hair. Yeah. And other days, (laughs) it's better than that. But um, I think just like acknowledging things. And again, particularly when you're on your own, um, it's easy to not do that. You haven't got other people saying, oh, good job. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, no one really is telling you that you're doing a good job. So it's important to be kind to yourself and sometimes like put on a different hat and be like, a colleague yeah (laughs) yeah it so is and it's interesting one of the most uh kind of positive things I've done in terms of my own development over the last couple of years is um with a group of other women who are either entrepreneurs or run other organizations in the, the kind of third sector um we've got a kind of group coaching group um and we meet up once every six weeks probably and have um we used to meet in person but obviously at the moment we're meeting over zoom and we basically each bring a problem to that session that we're grappling with and kind of coach each other through it but we've also got a whatsapp group and often during the week um we will message each other and just say look i'm really struggling with this or this has happened i don't know how to deal with it and it's been so so powerful because 
you know, you do miss out on that when you're an entrepreneur or even, you know, if you're just, you know, in a leadership position in a role and sometimes you don't want to say to your team, oh, I'm finding this really hard. Um, And I rely so much on the input of that group of women. Um, So that's a really kind of valuable kind of practical intervention, I think, which, which, yeah, I, I found so, so helpful. Yeah, I think supporting everybody like when we can, and we've spoken about this before as well, is just so important. Like it's nice to hear and you know, everybody's just working hard and trying to do their best and it is just it's free, isn't it? Yeah. To just like it is. say like well done and support people like when you can. Totally. And people just appreciate it so much. Like I'm just yeah. It's so rare actually that we stop to kind of congratulate ourselves. Um but it's also pretty rare that we congratulate other people. And I think um, mm. you know, just being able to do small things. Um I think yeah, it just makes such a huge difference. It really does. Yeah. And uh, as an example, like if you see um, people's Instagram posts when they have like people trolling their account, it's not very often that people would um, message like uh, messages of support and say like, that's awesome, like you've done well. Yeah. People would generally be a bit more vocal when they don't like something. Yeah. Um, but I, I like I'm trying to be like really active in like complimenting people and like reaching out to them because it does make a real difference. It really, really does. And I love I love that you that's something that you've kind of set an intention to do because I think it's so meaningful and I think people need that kind of positive support now more than ever. Yeah, definitely. So that's another good thing that's come up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. Lots of silver linings. Lots of silver linings. <laughs> Um, when you mentioned that you have suffered from anxiety, I think I said to you, like, I was really surprised because you come across like you are the most, like, the person that has just, like, got it all and like, <laughs> you know what you're doing, like, everything is, like, perfect. That is you. very kind, um, <laughs> but not true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there'll be people that are suffering with anxiety and, and mental health issues that people wouldn't know because it is the the thing that is silent you can't see Mm. um what would you say your advice to them would be and to other people as well I think it's it's really interesting you know I so I've had a really really difficult time over the last kind of two months mental health wise and have actually had to really take a step back and, and take some time off work and um one of the first things I when I told kind of people close to me what was going on one of the first things that a very, very close friend of mine said is, but you're always so cheerful. Like, how is it possible that you can be like (laughs) cheerful and have all this stuff going on? And, you know, I think it's interesting. Like, I I think it's really possible to be fundamentally an optimistic, positive person and have um, really serious problems. And it was a good lesson for me because I think she'd never thought to ask how I was because I outwardly presented as someone that was quite on top of things. Um, In a way, because I knew that was how she saw me, I found it very, very difficult to have that first conversation with her, even though she was someone that I trusted. And I think it was a real lesson for me in how... Um, you know so often we make assumptions about how people around us are doing but it's very very difficult to know I think unless you're the person in that situation I think you know I think there are a couple of things I mean I've I've had very serious anxiety for, for most of my adult life and I mean at times it really is kind of debilitating and you know I think one of the things for me that really does help is I am open about it and 
you know, I don't necessarily uh, mention it like in an unprompted way. I mean, Amina, you and I worked together for a fair amount of time and, and it never like came up in conversation. So I, I never mentioned it. I am happy to talk about it. And I have found that very helpful because, you know, like I told my team at work what was going on, which was really difficult. And I work with a really amazing team of very bright, capable people who are just extraordinary and I have huge admiration for and it was really really hard to say to them like I'm not coping and I need to take some time off work um but equally what that did was it released this huge amount of pressure for me because I just felt I didn't have to be anything other than what I was which at the time was basically just a ball of anxiety um so I think my one of the most kind of important pieces of advice for me is you know being really anxious is one thing it's often made even worse by feeling that you have to be different um, and have to kind of maintain this facade for the people around you. And I think particularly as women, you know, I, I do feel huge pressure to be a certain way and to come across as competent and professional. Um, but, um, you know, I, I equally think that my health is really important. And I think as I get older, I'm much happier to be honest about it and to say, actually, you know, things are not good at the moment um, and I'm sure they will get better, but they're really hard now and this is how you can support me. So I think for me, that really is paramount, being able to talk about it and having people in your day-to-day life, whether that's colleagues or family or whatever, who who understand what you're going through. Definitely. And how did people respond when you told them? Um, people have been incredible. I mean, I a number of them responded with quite a lot of surprise because they they were like but we don't understand like you come across as really happy and confident and so I think for a lot of them they uh kind of couldn't square how I was actually feeling with how I presented I suppose um but you know um everyone has been supportive and shown me huge compassion and um you know it's been really quite overwhelming I think the the support people have have shown and I think so many people are dealing with their own challenges at the moment so they they just you know demonstrated a huge amount of empathy so that's given me a lot of confidence I must say that that they've responded so well yeah that's so good it just shows well because I think often we're like nervous about telling people we feel like we're like a bit of a failure if we say oh hugely yeah (laughs) yeah but people people get it like everybody's human at the end of the day like everybody goes through things at certain stages of their life and as you say like now more than ever um there's probably not one person that hasn't struggled to a degree during the pandemic no totally and I think you know I keep trying to remind myself um because I do find it frustrating and I definitely have days where I think like what are you doing you're in the your mid-30s and you should be at the pinnacle of your career and like you know why do you not have everything together and I try and remind myself that like none of us are robots and we're human beings and we're complex and dynamic sometimes things overwhelm us and it's it's okay to have times where you step back or you do what you need to do to kind of take care of your own well-being um I think I'm more compassionate than I was but I think I've still got quite a way to go (laughs) 
I think it's that self-talk piece. Yeah. You know? Like really being aware of that, like the questions that you ask yourself, because if you say, oh, like, why am I doing this wrong and things like that, you're going to get an answer that tells you why you're doing something yeah. wrong. Um, so I really, really try and be aware of what questions are going on in my yeah. brain. Um, because it, it just happens without even realising sometimes. Um, so I really have to pull myself up. On yeah, it's such a good point. And I think it's it's one of those things which it's you've got to remind yourself to be conscious of it you know and and sometimes it's really interesting I think if you imagine the conversation that you have internally with yourself as an external conversation sometimes I'll catch myself thinking Mm -hmm. something and be like you would never say that to anyone else apart from yourself like (laughs) why is it fine to say it to yourself you know um so yeah I think you're so right and particularly during lockdown you know there is more time to be in your head we all have less distraction in some yeah. ways and you know I think it's more important now than than ever that we are aware of the conversations that we're having with ourselves definitely and um as you said we work together um, yes you are like you come across I, I saw like how much you had going on and you were traveling all around the country and it was constant <laughs> for you but you never dropped the ball you didn't seem to drop the ball you came across like totally focused and calm um and organized what um how do you make sure that you you stay kind of focused and calm when you have so much going on it's a very good question and i think it is so interesting sometimes the difference between how we come across and how we actually feel um you know i think fundamentally i am an organized person and um i am someone that takes my career really seriously so i think you know there is i suppose a kind of practical set of things there which we could chat through about you know managing time and and organization and and that kind of thing but i think it is also really important to say that you know 7 days out of you know 7 out of 10 days I was probably not feeling very calm or very on top of things. Um, And I think that's also important to acknowledge. And, you know, one of the things I found hardest at this stage of my career is I don't feel like I have many role models of women who have, um, you know, achieved the things that I hope I achieve in my own career and have done it with a condition like mine. Um, And I'm sure Mm. there are women out there who have done it, but still, you know, I think, I think women, you know, our generation of women has been raised on this diet of kind of lean in and it's all about the hustle. And now that we have freedom, which I'm very grateful for to have control of our careers and, you know, that's obviously exciting, but it does come with a sense of responsibility still. Um, So I think, you know, on many of those days when outwardly I I may have looked on top of things, I can assure you that I probably didn't feel it. But yeah, I think I am innately quite organised. And I think I learned that particularly in the in when I was running my first business, that there's a lot you can do to create a kind of architecture in your day and in your business that can help you to be uh, the kind of best, most efficient version of yourself. So for me... Mm. I, it sounds so boring, but it was like game changing for me. I learned the power of like having good systems. So um, I learned a workflow management system, like a to-do list system that enabled me to structure my time and structure my, my 
my work life every week that meant I prioritized the stuff that was important and and that was really important for me I think I had I worked with a really great entrepreneur at the time that you and I were working together and he always used to say a lot of the stress about having a lot on your plate is is not trusting your systems and being worried that you're going to forget things or you might have missed things out so yeah a big, big thing for me during that time was I really learned how to structure my time and how to manage my workflow. And that does make things a lot easier. Um, and I also was quite bold about taking decisions that conserved my energy. So during that time when you and I worked together and I was traveling a lot, I just set some basic rules for myself. So if I, I basically set a rule that I would never have to get on a train before 7am in the morning because I have to sleep. That's really important for my health. And so I would always travel up the night before and stay over in a and b or something so that I could wake up and I could still get a decent night's sleep. And, you know, that was also helpful. I just had this set of rules that governed how I work and that made things easier. So I didn't have to like agonize every time you know, there was a train booking and I could be like, well, should I get the 6.50? Like, should I stay over? I could just be like, right, okay, this is a train that's going to require you to be on there before 7am. Fine. You know what to do. That means booking your hotel the night before. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of stuff was really, really helpful to helping me keep on, on top of things. Setting rules is a really good one, actually, because sometimes you need like a rule to tell you. Yeah, you do. do. Um, you really do yeah and then so I have that with I don't book anything in on a Monday um so I don't necessarily tell people that um but if somebody says oh do you want a call on Monday I just go back and say I'm available from Tuesday yeah yeah um because I it just escalates and things can just like really encroach in your time and like for me that's how you can like get burnout and like completely completely and I I you know I think one of the most important lessons I learned time-wise is the first thing I do so I work on like a sprint system which is a a productivity method that was developed originally in tech companies but is now used to manage workflow in in lots of different types of organizations so every week I plan um, on a Friday or a Monday morning the next two weeks in terms of what the priorities are and then I book time in my diary for when I'm going to actually do those pieces of work and it's actually like hard to emphasize how game-changing that was for me because what it meant was I wasn't trying to do my work in the periphery of all these meetings that appeared I actually prioritized first the stuff that had to be done and then all the meetings all of the travel when I was traveling a lot had to fit in around that um and I agree with you completely I think if you're able to having dedicated times in the week when you don't have meetings you don't have calls you can focus is so so important yeah and do you find that you do do those things at the time that you've scheduled in Uh, I knew you were gonna ask that question I I knew you were gonna it's such a good question so I find that that is an area which is a work in progress for me Um, massively I think I'm good when I have and this is like something else that I find very very hard I am a category a like procrastinator um so yeah I am terrible at procrastinating so 
I find that if it's something where there's quite a kind of there's an imminent deadline, then I am good about sitting down and just like bashing through stuff. Um, but the stuff I find harder is where it is there's a longer lead time or when it's something mm. that feels like a task that I'm going to struggle with. So because of because I have OCD, there's like practical stuff that's quite difficult. I find quite difficult. So um, I find anything to do with detail or numbers difficult. So like invoicing or um, like anything that requires spreadsheets or um, anything that requires quite fine detail takes me longer than it would most people because of the OCD bit of my brain that kicks in. So I often mm. put off those tasks because I they I they freak me out and they always take me a long time. So what I've tried to get better at doing is dividing those into smaller chunks that feel more manageable and then saying, okay, you don't have to tackle yeah. this whole thing, but why don't you just say rather than setting an outcome, rather just give yourself a time. So say, okay, I'll spend half an hour on this today and I kind of tackle it like that. I, I'm like the opposite actually. Like I um I'm I don't really procrastinate because I have a rule where if there's something I don't want to do, I make sure I do it first. And I'm so strict. That's with it. so good. It's basically second nature. That's so good. Now. Like I, if I think of something, then I, like my thought would be like, well, I don't want to do it. I'm like, right, that's what you're doing first. And I literally <laughs> just make myself do it. Because otherwise, like for me, I'll just keep putting it off and then everything else that you always find something yeah. better to do. Um, whereas I will do it and then I incentivize myself by doing the fun thing. So I'm like, if you do like 20 minutes of this thing you don't want to do, then you can, I don't know, create an Instagram post or whatever, because I like doing that. Um, so I try and like incentivize like, yeah. myself, even if it's with like more That's work. so, I'm so impressed that you are so rigorous with that. And that you've like really inspired me. I think I'm going to set myself a test for the next two weeks now and really try and do that. Because that is something I do find very hard. <laughs> Um, is like I, I get yeah. quite intimidated by stuff really easily um, so you've inspired me <laughs> to, to tackle that <laughs> I actually prioritize my to-do list with what gives me the most anxiety um, which is probably oh yeah I like that doing. though but I, I just think the things that we want to do the least are the things that we yeah. need to do the most so like I have everything on a list and I like literally go through and look and then the thing that like makes my stomach go, oh. I'm like right that's number one I, I number them that is so interesting that's like game changing that is so interesting okay cool I'm totally gonna test that out <laughs> you know how it goes <laughs> Yeah, please do. Um, it's, it's a different way like than what a lot of other people are saying. A lot of people say, oh, just do the things that only take a couple of minutes first. But for me, like you can find so many totally. things that take a couple of minutes and then before you know it, yeah, it's the end totally. of the day. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. Yeah, completely. And I suppose it is cumulative because once you've had, you know, a day and then two days and three days of tackling this stuff, which does give you anxiety, I suppose you do also start to realise that stuff doesn't have to be that it's not as bad as you think it is often um which is which is helpful yeah that's so good. yeah um and like particularly with the pandemic at the moment it would be interesting to know like what is inspiring you um and what you find inspiring in general but particularly at the moment so i think i try and have a time every week which i call white space um which is an hour or maybe in a good week maybe two um and 
I try and earmark that time. Often it's like at a weekend or if I have a lighter workload, maybe on a Friday. Um, and it's, it's intentional time, but there's no set outcome. So what I mean by that is that um, it's, I don't have to achieve anything per se in that time, but it's a time for me to read stuff that maybe I've been wanting to get to read, but hasn't felt like uber urgent. So I haven't got to, and I'm like astonished on a really regular basis at how the insights and inspiration that I gather during that time has positive impact either on my work or on me personally or both. Um, so I have a couple of newsletters and blogs that I really like to read every week. So um, there's a blog by um, a Swiss American designer called um, Tina Roth Eisenberg, I think it is called Swiss Miss. Um, and I find her blog an endless source of inspiration and interesting nuggets. And she does this great like Friday link pack, which I love. Um, there's also a newsletter by Anne Friedman that I subscribe to and get that every Friday. Um, there is um, a blog called Cup of Joe by um, a, um, a really fabulous blogger who's called Joanna. I've totally forgotten her surname. I remember her surname in a minute. It begins with a G. Um, there's, I love, 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 love a newsletter um, from an amazing kind of writer and coach um, called Jocelyn K. Gly called Hurry Slowly. Um, I mean, it's really interesting, I think, to me that these are all women that actually I get inspiration from, which isn't intentional per se, but that's just kind of what I've been drawn to. Um, and it's just like a really rich collection every week of articles and ideas. And um, Jocelyn's in particular focuses, her newsletter focuses on creativity, productivity, ways of being. And I draw such inspiration and like often huge comfort from what I find in those places. Um, so that I think is, is like the primary thing I do every week. In addition, like I love podcasts. Um, so I, I often will listen to podcasts. Some may, like my husband will probably say I'm an obsessive podcast listener because I'm always like blasting out <laughs> a podcast when I'm like, in the shower or making dinner or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I often listen to podcasts and I find that an interesting source of inspiration. Um, and I do write quite a lot. So I actually started, the very first job I had when I left uni was I was a features writer for Elle magazine. Um, and before I went yeah. into politics and I, words have always kind of been my first love and I, I write a lot and journal and stuff. And I find that very helpful in terms of kind of just getting a sense of what's going on in my head. Um, those are kind of ways in which I get inspiration every week. I literally cannot tell you how often something I've read or a thought that is sparked by something I've read during that time gets woven in in some yeah. way to something that I do yeah I think for me having no outcome will be a bit of a oh it <laughs> is quite stressful because, yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> because like if I'm just saying oh I'm gonna have some like creative time I've already probably decided what I want to get mm -hmm. out of that time um, and it will be it will be output generally. Um, but I think that's good because we need to learn and, and feed our brains and sometimes not have like 
an end goal. Um, but I will try that because I do think I'll- It is really <laughs> difficult. And But one of the things I often think is as an entrepreneur, particularly a solo entrepreneur, your business's greatest asset is always you. And like, yeah. you can't, like business, building a business actually requires a lot of creativity um, and problem solving. Mm. And the way I try and think about that time is that I am a better entrepreneur. I'm more creative. Um, I'm better able to look at things in a new and interesting way. My brain is kept fueled with interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so I really mm. see it as like an investment in keeping me going and, and inspired. Yeah, well, it's for great personal growth, yeah. isn't it? Really, massively, development. massively. I think that's the one thing that is easy to um, yeah. put off yeah. when you <laughs> are totally. running a business because you've got everything else. So you're like, well, I don't have time for like personal development. I need to get this done. So like booking in an hour at least, like of just no, like just downtime and doing whatever you feel like. I think and it's good. such a nice treat to have at the end of the week like it's it's mm. great so yeah I think it yeah. also can be used as a bit of a, a carrot during the week as well to have that time and what's the number one or like top three podcast okay so if you looked at my spotify like podcast list it's actually like I suppose quite an embarrassing insight into my psyche so I'm like a real politics nerd I'm obsessed <laughs> with politics so the podcasts I listen to are really divided into two categories. The first is politics and I listen to loads of different ones. I mean, I I find it really, um, I've really enjoyed the New York Times podcast, The Daily this year, which I listen to like obsessively. And I, I just found it very interesting to have a perspective from outside the UK. And I, they, they mm. I, it's, it's beautifully um, produced. And, and so I listen to that a lot. And I really enjoy stories of our time from the Times and the Sunday Times, both because it's a way of keeping in touch with current affairs, but not in a kind of nitty gritty day-to-day -day way so they take like big interesting pieces mm -hmm. of investigative journalism and because I'm so fascinated by words and, and writing I love the kind of journalistic side of that as much as I do the actual content that they cover um so that's like the one chunk is kind of current affairs politics stuff and then the other chunk is is kind of just like listening for joy things you know so I love um Deborah Francis White's The Guilty Feminist. Like I've listened to that for a really long time and I just find that a real breath of fresh air and always inspiring. Um, I really love, um, there's a podcast called Scummy Mummies, which is like a weird thing for me to listen to because I'm not a mum. But it's it's done by two amazing female comedians um, and I find it so funny and have found that I need more comedy in my life like during lockdown. So I've really lent yeah. into that um and then I also love to listen to podcasts that are broadly I suppose in the personal development space without feeling like focused on self-optimization and productivity obsessively you know what I mean like uh, so like Justin K. Gly's one Hurry Slowly is great and there's another one called On Being that I really yeah. like so that is a very very long answer I because I I listen to podcasts so much um but it's generally speaking like either politics related for me or it's in this like broad joy looking at interesting ways of living life that's interesting that they're not necessarily focused on work as well um 
Tim Ferriss says that before he goes to bed, he reads um, a book that is like nothing to do with business whatsoever. And um, he says it's really important to like take your brain away. Yeah, from it's that. interesting. I don't actually read much at all to do with business per se. So I read quite a lot about productivity and ways of managing your life and but I view entrepreneurship very holistically. So I think I think the lessons about running a great business actually you can find in a lot of different places. So I don't believe you necessarily need to need, need to read explicitly about business to be able to build successful businesses. I'm often more interested in the human yeah. stories behind entrepreneurs. Yeah, definitely. And just taking kind of inspiration from other things as well. I think sometimes if you are just focusing on business related things, you might not learn something that would inspire you. Yeah, completely, completely. So what's next for you in the next three to six months? Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Um, So I, um, you know, I think a big focus for me overall is about taking care of myself really um and I think everything else is going to kind of stem from from that um I think you know I I this in the last few months have been in the kind of early stages of launching a new company which we've had to put on hold for a few weeks while I was kind of focused on getting better so I'm you know hoping that um we'll be able to revisit that and you know but I really the big thing for me is is just coming through this lockdown period well and happy um you know and i i'd love to write and speak more about the kind of experiences that i've had this year i i you know i think there's a lot of value in shared experience so i'm hoping that's something i'll be able to weave into the next three to six months as as well and how can people contact you so they're very welcome to um get in touch on linkedin so um where i'm joanna cruz c-r-u-s-e um, or they can reach out to me on Twitter, where I think I'm at Joe underscore Cruz um, from memory. Um, those are probably the best places to find me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. And best Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks so much, Amelia.